Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour one. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I'm back. Sorry I missed you guys. Drove past WDBO uh, on Friday. We we took took some uh, diversions because of traffic and the like. Uh, did not stop by. Sorry, Keith, but uh, headed by our affiliate WDBO in Orlando. Had to it, it take some wonky trips through Orlando. It was pouring down rain. There were crashes on the inter- traffic was a mess and then we the kids insisted we stop at the crayola experience at the florida mall as well and then headed on to titusville uh for my daughter's 17th birthday took them on a trip to nasa they loved it we got to see the artemis rocket uh its mission uh launch was scrubbed this morning due to a hydrogen leak they're taking it back into the the vehicle area. Uh, we saw all of that. Saw the place they put the rockets in. Saw the little thing they cart the rockets off on. All of that. It, it was very cool experience. Got some great pictures. If you follow me on Instagram at ew erickson, you got to see we got up close and personal with Artemis. There was a rocket launch on Saturday night. We were going to stick around for a SpaceX launch, but my 13 year old was not feeling well, and we loaded up the car and drove home instead of coming home yesterday, and a blinding rainstorm through South Georgia and made it uh, home about 1.30 in the morning, had him at the doctor by noon, and they're like, don't even take him to school tomorrow. So he was he was sick, sick. Uh, but we had a great, great tour of NASA. It was it paid extra, got the private tour behind the scenes. They put you on a little bus with other people. Um, it's the Explorer Tour, if you ever want to do it, uh, you buy tickets, and then you can pay extra for the Explorer Tour, and they actually take you out to the launch pad viewing area. Uh, it's as close as you can get to the rockets, and it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. It was very cool. Uh, if you just subscribe to the show notes, you'll see one of the pictures I took up close and personal with Artemis, a a listener. Actually, uh, I, I will I will keep anonymity here, but a listener told me based on his experiences and work. Uh, where you can go to get as close as possible to the rocket. And I went there and took some great pictures. So thanks to, thanks, man, I've got amazing listeners who are very well connected. Now, uh, we got to get into the show. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the show notes, uh, go to text the word data to 33777 uh, because there's a lot in there, including I, I started show prep over the weekend because this is really the big story. What Facebook did for the FBI, Mark Zuckerberg uh, gave a interview, gave an interview to Joe Rogan. I have listened to these. It's a very good interview. I think, uh, so So let me tell you my familiarity. I know some of these people. I, I've met Eric Schmidt, who is with Google. He came to a Red State event for me before, uh, did an event. I, I know Zuckerberg. Um, I, I've, I've met him several times and had conversations with him. I, I've never met Jack Dorsey or the, the Twitter people, but, but no people in that space. Uh, Zuckerberg gets a very bad rap. And I think there's a, a commonality for why Zuckerberg gets a very bad rap compared to the other guys. And that is he is a 30-something-year-old married father who lives a normal existence in a not very flashy house in a suburban neighborhood. Uh, he is He's not out trying psychedelics on the weekend. Uh, he's not uh, building the utopian landscape of tomorrow except in the metaverse. He does not uh, believe that his, his company is more than what it is. He's not out to have some transcendent experience. So you have the, the Twitter people and you have the Google people 
and you have people from some of the other tech companies, and, and they believe at some level in their utopian goodness. Zuckerberg runs Meta, used to be called Facebook. It, it does various things. It develops technologies and builds a platform where you and I can connect with people, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. Uh, oftentimes we build communities of interest that we ourselves then get self-isolated in. He just built the platform. I actually think that of the of the tech CEOs, he is far more libertarian. He's not a progressive. There are certainly progressives at Facebook. He himself does not strike me as one. I personally think that Twitter and Google are far more sinister. Twitter banned the Babylon Bee for accurately calling someone a man. If I were to say on Twitter that Ellen Page was the actress in the movie Juno, it's what the movie poster says, it's what the cover of the DVD says, I would be suspended from Twitter because Ellen Page has decided she is now a he and goes by the name Elliot. And if you call her Ellen Page, Twitter will suspend your account. Facebook will not. Google employees say that if you have an intersectionally woke, diverse bunch of people involved in tinkering their algorithm, you can show a diverse array of opinions and information that, that caters to the intersectional crowd. The Google employees really believe if you have enough members of the LGBTQIAATTPIA++ group of the alphabet gang, and you allow them to shape the algorithm, you will find a diverse array of search responses. They also hate conservatives. They've chased conservatives out of the company. They have protested when Google has tried to collaborate with conservatives. You will recall there was a mass protest at Google when Google put K. Cole James of the Heritage Foundation a black woman in charge of a conservative organization. They put her on an advisory panel for artificial intelligence, and Google employees were so upset about it, they pushed her off the board and shut down the board. And Google employees believe they can shape the search engine. Eric Schmidt, who used to be there, was a progressive activist and suggested in some subtle ways that, that maybe they could could get rid of disinformation uniformly of the right. You will recall that YouTube religiously, regularly censors conservative opinion, particularly if they say anything contradictory to uh, the woke religion when it comes to transgenderism. Then there's TikTok. TikTok is a Chinese intelligence operation whereby the Chinese harness woke Americans to induce their children into transgender surgeries while compiling a facial recognition database. It is actually the most dangerous social media site on the internet because it actually very literally is part of the Chinese intelligence system and part of the Chinese surveillance state. Americans have allowed their children to be willing users of a Chinese surveillance system where China can build algorithmic databases on all of us. Um, your children and you should be off of TikTok. TikTok is bad. TikTok is run by the communist Chinese. Donald Trump wanted them to divest. They never did. They fought him, and the communist Chinese still behind the scenes are exercising control of TikTok, and they're hiring a pile of American lobbyists to try to convince you that's not the case, and it is. TikTok is even far more dangerous than Twitter because of who controls it behind the scenes. And then there's Facebook. 
uh, my site uh, and my video presence uh, and, and the extra clips that I do outside of my show, they thrive on Facebook and, and I've been able to monetize them and, and help supplement revenue to my company. The Daily Wire has a massive business in part because of Facebook. The Babylon Bee is banned on Twitter and does well on Facebook. When all of the social media sites and YouTube decided to go after the guy who did a viral video of Nancy Pelosi that slowed down her speech, Facebook left him alone. Facebook will allow me to say that Ellen Page is in the movie Juno without touching me. And progressives, by the way, loved Facebook when Mark or when when Barack Obama got elected. What is it? Um, Shasha Eisenberg is a data analyst author who wrote about how Barack Obama was able to harness Facebook and connect voters and was able to mobilize a vote for Barack Obama. Well, in 2016, Donald Trump took that playbook and used it masterfully on Facebook and drove an army of voters out in swing states using Facebook and other sources and got himself elected. Turns out the Russians spent $20,000, not a large amount of money in the grand scheme of things, $20,000 on Facebook ads. Those ads did not target pro-Trump people. They actually targeted pro-Hillary and pro-Trump people. That gets missed in the conversation. But the left needed a fall guy. They can never blame precious Hillary and her Brooklynites for running a bad campaign where they didn't go to places like Milwaukee and Erie, Pennsylvania. They had to blame the Russians. They had to blame the FBI. They couldn't blame Hillary. They couldn't blame what's-his-name who ran her campaign. So Mark Zuckerberg had to become the bad guy. The guy who was at one point welcomed to the White House by Democratic elite uh, is now the pariah. Uh, The national media hates Mark Zuckerberg, and many in the national media have convinced you that Mark Zuckerberg is the one bad guy in Silicon Valley, but actually he's the most normal of all the Silicon Valley people. But Trump used Facebook masterfully. So what did Facebook do? It's not a perfect platform. As penance... Facebook allowed in fact checkers, and overwhelmingly it was people on the left who took advantage of it. Very few right-leaning news outlets decided to become Facebook fact checkers. And so the progressives have been able to dominate the fact checking at Facebook. They outsourced their credibility to progressives. It didn't actually make the progressives like them anymore, just allowed the progressives to destroy Facebook's credibility on the right. But Facebook refuses to do business in China and views itself as an American company. And I think it made a very big mistake in allowing progressives to handle fact-checking on Facebook. And it hasn't actually helped their image. If anything, it's made it worse. And that brings me to the FBI. Late last week in the interview with um, Joe Rogan, Mark Zuckerberg admitted the FBI came to him, said the Russians were spreading disinformation. Now, I, 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 some folks at Facebook, uh, after I wrote a morning piece on this, pulled the window back a little bit, gave me a snapshot. The FBI told Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook they needed to be careful. The Russians were using the platform to spread disinformation to shape the 2020 election as they had done in 2016. They did not mention the Hunter Biden laptop story, but that was presently in the media. So in the media... The media is buzzing about Russian disinformation related to Hunter Biden's laptop. Twitter bans the New York Post. Google downplays results. 
What did Facebook do? Facebook didn't ban the New York Post, nor did it ban you from writing about the topic. What happened was they downgraded the ability of conversations that were getting traction about that story to be in the newsfeed for seven days. And after seven days, they took the cap off. They certainly did it because the FBI told them the Russians were uh, using information. The FBI did not mention the Hunter Biden laptop, but all the news sources out there from CNN to the New York Times to NPR were saying, this is the story, this is the story, this is Russian disinformation. You had all the intelligence elite in the country say it was Russian disinformation. So the people at Facebook knew, aha, this is what the FBI was talking to us about. We got to downgrade this. And after seven days, when it turned out the story clearly was legit, most of the media still doubled down on its illegitimacy. And Facebook said, no, it appears to be legit it to us. We're taking the caps off the story. I say all of this to make a couple of points here. Uh, I don't think Facebook is the enemy some people on the right think it is. I've had a good working relationship with them. They've sponsored one of my conferences in the past. They've been open to criticism from me. Uh, I have more than once reached out to people at Facebook when I thought they've screwed up uh, with other people, not with me, but with friends of mine and their accounts. And inevitably, they've been willing to uh, have, give conservatives a seat at the table and respond to every single one of those criticisms, usually in our favor. Twitter and Google are not like that. But also, the bigger issue here is the FBI. My friend Russ Vote runs an outside organization. He used to be the head of OMB for Donald Trump. He runs the Center for Renewing America. He's been calling for a church commission or a church committee. Frank Church, Democratic senator in the 1970s, uh, led a comprehensive review of the CIA and found the CIA was doing some good stuff the left hated, but also some deeply disturbing stuff no one liked. And he was instrumental in reforming the CIA. Forget the Trump stuff, forget the Hunter Biden stuff, forget all the political stuff. Between the Jeffrey Epstein investigation and the Gretchen Whitmer situation and the Larry Nassar situation, the FBI has made some serious screw-ups in the last number of years. Going to Facebook, a private company, and saying, hey, uh, you need to take action here, the Russians might be influencing people. If you're Facebook, what are you going to do? It's the freaking FBI. Washington already hates you and wants to break you up. Of course you're going to listen to the FBI. You don't recognize the partisan purposes at the FBI. It's very clear people in the elite positions of the FBI have left-wing partisan purposes. And if you don't believe me, why is everyone who leaves the FBI and gets a gig at CNN a progressive partisan? Because there are problems there. The FBI needs to be reformed. You add in the Donald Trump stuff, you add in all the other stuff, there is a serious real problem at the FBI. It needs to be reformed. It doesn't need to be abolished. It doesn't need to be defunded. It's done a pretty good job of keeping us safe from Islamic radicals trying to operate domestically. But it has some serious problems, and we should not ignore those problems And the left should not distract us from the problems over the Donald Trump stuff. There's a problem there. And the fact that a private company felt compelled to follow the FBI's lead on something that the FBI had gotten wrong should give us more pause, not about the corporation, but about the FBI. Keep your eye on the prize. The problem here isn't Facebook. It's the government. 
Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowling Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowling Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowling Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California King. You will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins. No pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. This is the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are nationwide. If you're in charge of the finances of a business, they can help your business grow. Where banks are saying no, they like to say yes. If you need $750,000 or more, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. FirstLibertyGA.com. Uh, I want to go to the phones. Uh, Mike, you're going to be the first caller today. Mike, how are you? Mike? Mike, well, Mike, you're going to have to call back now. All right, uh, let's go back to Paul. You're going to be up next. Yes. Hey, Eric, I love your show. I I always learn something when I listen to you. Um, Just want to, you know, listening to that opening, I can't help but say, how about the, the Zuckerberg money, the 500 million that he put in 2020 election? You didn't bring that up. And uh, I really think, you know, like you, you, one other thing before yep. I, you also said the FBI screwed up. Uh, I think you should be a little stronger than that. The FBI just tried to overthrow uh, uh, a duly elected uh, president. Okay, in so, Trump. you know, the reason okay. that I don't say that, Paul, is because the left says the same thing. Uh, about the FBI regarding James Comey and Hillary Clinton. And so I, I try to avoid steering it in that direction, largely because the left will it will get into a game of what about with progressives on that one. Uh, the fact of the matter is the FBI got involved and they shouldn't have. You know, on the Zuckerberg thing, you're, you're right. Um, it, that one was the Zuckerberg Foundation, wasn't Facebook itself. Facebook's got problems. All I'm trying to, to explain is that all of these tech companies are not great. But of them, the one that's most likely to listen to conservative concerns is Facebook. So I don't think that we should put them all in the specifically same category. Uh, Facebook has problems, and Facebook has a bunch of progressives. You know, the reason the left hates Facebook as much as they do, and you should note, the left doesn't hate Twitter and the left doesn't hate Google. That should tell you something about Facebook's situation. The reason the left hates Facebook is because while a ton of progressives work there and shape the company, it's not captured by the left in the way Twitter is or the way Google is. I mean, again, the Babylon Bee, myself, the Daily Wire, they're all operating and making money off of Facebook. The Babylon Bee is banned from Twitter, and the left is fine with that. We should be able to distinguish, again, not a perfect company. It's got problems. And the Zuckbuck stuff 
from the Zuckerberg Foundation is problematic in and of itself, separate from the company. Uh, and I think there needs to be a fuller explanation for that and how it happened and what's going on and, and the changes there. I've actually reached out to him for our conference next year, assuming we do it to say, let Zuckerberg sit down with me and discuss the Zuckbuck matter and what happened uh, and what it actually was and, and get him to answer before a conservative crowd. I wonder if they'll take me up on that. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I do think we have to distinguish in these companies, and the bigger issue here is not Facebook, it's the FBI and its ongoing problems. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you would like to be on the program, all right, uh, let us spend some more time on some phone calls here before we get further in. All right, Mike, you're back. Welcome. Mike. Hello. Hi. Yes. Uh, I appreciate you taking my call. Relative to the point at hand here, it would seem like at the very least the FBI is guilty of walking all over the First Amendment, freedom of speech and the free press and so forth. But secondly, um, it seems like timing in the news media is quite important. And to delay seven to ten days, the uh, posting of these uh, comments on Facebook, and I don't know when it was exactly, but early voting may have already started, but it served to squelch the explosive nature of this information hitting the fan yeah. about Hunter Biden and the possibly far-reaching implications relative to uh, the election of Biden. Yeah, and, and you know, to be clear on what the Facebook people tell me is that if you got on Facebook and you posted a link to the New York Post, all of your friends would see it. But people outside your circle of friends, it would be more difficult for them to see and like recommended post, here are the things my friends are talking about on, on Facebook, that sort of thing. Uh, it, they would not have found it as easily. But your friends would see it, others would not. Uh, as opposed to Twitter, where if you talked about it at all, your account was turned off and, and you, you weren't allowed to talk about it. Still not good, but not as bad as what Twitter did. And yeah, and it was it was because the FBI approached them. And you're right, the FBI got involved, but not just the FBI. The, the intelligence apparatus of the country uh, really got involved as well. And you had all those people sign that letter suggesting it was Russian disinformation. It's It's deeply problematic. Deeply problematic. Uh, Greg, you're going to be up next. Greg, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Yeah, it's an Eric Greg show. Listen all the time. Um, basically, my perspective on a lot of this is there, there's not strong leadership at the top. And the, the, way, the way that I know that is my father was a, an FBI agent for 30 years, and he retired back in the, I guess, the 77 time period. Um, J. Edgar Hoover was the man. And basically, it was not allowed, allowable for any agent, any special agent, anyone associated with the FBI to even have a bumper sticker, political bumper sticker on their car, a yard sign, any of the such. They had to be completely independent of, of, the, uh, of the politics. And he was, uh, he was one, he went as, so as far as to, you may remember the old uh, Quinn Martin show, The FBI. He actually made sure that, you know, whatever was, portrayed on that show they asked for their help and to make sure that they're presented as professional non-biased and you know with the with the country's interest at heart i think what you're missing in today's environment today's fbi is it's just they don't have the leadership and it doesn't have the 
the uh, the uh, ability to navigate through all of the politics that, that are occurring today. And that's what they need to get back to that. They need to get back to solving for federal crimes and doing their jobs and, and get out of this, uh, you know, the day to day things that they are involved with. Yeah, look, I, I agree. Well said, Greg. Thank you uh, for that. You know, let me tell you, before I get anybody else on the phones, be patient with me. Go off, go off the notes here and, and off the, the flow of, of stuff. Let me get back to something. Uh, longtime listener Bill actually on my Substack this morning commented about uh, what's really going on here and, and that I've talked about it before but haven't talked about it recently. So, Bill, if you're listening, this one's for you. You should take your walk on the beach and listen in podcast forum instead of live, as you should be doing. <laughs> so there's a story in the New York Times that is completely unrelated and exactly related. It's an op-ed in the New York Times. And I was going to get to it later, and I will, but let me get to it now in a different way, shape, and form. Here's the headline. You want an electric car with the 300 mile range when was the last time you drove 300 miles essentially the people want a car that they can drive for 300 miles but really you drive maybe 90 miles a day so why do you need one that goes that far the answer of course is because i'm an american and it's what i want i drove 431 miles on friday and 431 miles on Saturday and a bunch of miles in between. And I could fill up uh, at home and I could fill up uh, when I got there and I was good to go. With a battery powered car, I would have to stop once, maybe twice to charge. The reality is the responses to my tweet pointing that out are all of the vein of we know better than you what you need for you, and if you will just let us make decisions for you, you will be better off, and you should thank us and the government for putting you outside your comfort zone. What is really happening is there is and has been a prevailing consensus across political partisans of the elite versus the rest of us. They believe they have the ideas of the ordered society, and they may quibble on some things, like, for example, abortion. But by and large, they tend to see the world in the same way. They went to the Ivy League. They got their degrees from Harvard and Yale. They've embedded themselves within the government bureaucracy because they believe the highest and best use of themselves is to make government work better for you. And if only you hicks and rubes would let them work for you, you would be fine. And they are very upset from the current composition of the Supreme Court to you that there is a growing distrust of them. Look at BlackRock and ESG the Environmental, Social, and Governance Criteria for Businesses. BlackRock has decided by controlling your 401k and your pension plan, they can steer corporate America into doing things that BlackRock wants for the betterment of society. Whether you think it's better or not, they believe themselves to be be a sophisticated elite who know better than you the way the world works. You're not sophisticated. You are not well-read. How many of the 
top books on the New York Times bestseller nonfiction list have you bothered to read, you hick? You watch Fox News and Newsmax and listen to talk radio. You're ill-informed, misinformed, and disinformed unlike them. And many of them exist within government bureaucracy. At the FBI, and the CIA, and the EPA, and all the other acronymed agencies, and they know better than you how the world works. And they run the Fortune 500, and they run the hedge funds, and they run private equity. And they live in a world you don't live in. It tends to be coastal. It tends to be urban. It tends to be highly progressive culturally. It tends to be unchurched. Meanwhile, you probably live within 15 miles of a church, and you probably do not live within 15 miles of a beach, unless you're li listening on WOKV and on Jacksonville. You probably go to church, and you probably know someone who drives a pickup truck just because they want a pickup truck. What these people believe is that they should be able to order society in a way they think is best for you. The problem here is that as we saw with COVID, and that was the eye-opening experience for many people, the elite in this country are able to digest data, are able to research data, are able to analyze data, and are able to inevitably arrive at the wrong conclusions. And those wrong conclusions inevitably come from them deciding that they know how to order your life better than you. So they can say now, well, we knew all along that keeping kids in masks and out of school would screw them up, but at the time, they willfully lied, or they didn't really know it because many of them are childless, and they presumed that kids really were resilient. The American Association of Pediatrics, for example, uh, is the left-wing mainline organization for pediatrics who have uh, normalized and mainline transgender surgery for the young and believe that keeping kids in masks would not be bad for them and kids would be resilient. For years, they pushed the story that kids needed facial contact with parents to learn emotions, uh, build an emotional IQ, and learn to read lips and understand language. And then they memory hold that on their websites. Oh, no, kids are resilient. They'll be fine. And we're living with the consequences of it. What's going on ultimately, not just in the United States, but in the Western world and in China, is that the elite realize the people have had enough of them and they're doing everything possible to stack the deck against you from you taking power. They don't like the populist strains running through Western society. If anything, the populist strains that ran through the Arab Spring with protests in the streets demanding more liberty is what's happening in the West right now in a different way. It is the elite in the West have had power for a very long time. They see the world in a way that is secular, that is godless, that is hostile to the working class, and they are fighting like hell to keep it. And they have a couple of advantages. They do. Educated voters, put another way, people with college degrees, they are far more likely to vote. And if you are white and college educated at this day and age, you are more likely to vote with the left. So they know that in special elections, they have an advantage. And they assume that in the upcoming midterm, they will have somewhat of an advantage because godless, secular, progressive women with college degrees love to kill their babies. And they know that these women are fired up over abortion and that they will go vote on the sole issue of abortion.
And they want you to know that you Hicks and Rubes did it to yourself by pushing a Supreme Court conservative majority that would get rid of Roe v. Wade. It's all on you, not on them. They know that you need to drive the battery-powered vehicle, and they will make it difficult for you to buy a gas-powered vehicle. They will drive up your costs and force you to change because they know better than you what is best for you. They want you to eat bugs and give up beef to save the planet. They don't really care about saving you. They don't really care about improving your life. They're fine with rolling blackouts and brownouts, brownouts in society because they're more interested in what an autistic kid from Sweden thinks than what you think about your quality of life because she cares about the environment and you care about taking care of yourself and your family. And if you had not had that 5.3 kids in the minivan, you wouldn't be screwing the planet. So it's all your fault anyway. These people drip with contempt for you. They put up with you because they can't exterminate you because they're not Hitler yet. These people don't like you. And that's ultimately what all of this is about. It's what the FBI agents are doing. The FBI agents are a cloistered elite in Washington, D.C., who now get gigs on CNN when they leave so they can comment on society. And guess what? They're all uniformly progressive. Out in the heartland, there's an FBI field office somewhere. And those people are doing the hard work of keeping you safe at night. They live a thankless job, and they're furious with their headquarters in Washington for being controlled by an elite. These people in Atlanta and Des Moines in Dallas, Texas, they want to keep you safe from bad people. And the ones in Washington, D.C., they want to keep you safe from mean things on social media. You should not blanketly smear the entirety of the FBI. You should be mindful that there are really good agents at the FBI who put their lives on the line on a daily basis to keep you and me safe and to find bad men and bring them to justice. But there are a lot of them in Washington who get entrenched in Washington. And many of the people in Washington have lost touch with everyday Americans. Many of the Republicans and Democrats alike behind the scenes, they don't particularly much care for you. And it's notable that when all these Republican leaders retire, where do they wind up? Not back in their home state, but they stay in Washington, D.C. It's a problem. And it has allowed them to order society in a way that as society now says, this isn't the way we wanted, They're scrambling and fighting like hell to keep it ordered their way because ultimately at the end of the day, they get to cash in and benefit. They've given up on the American dream. They think China's on the rise and they want to cash in and protect themselves and their families. And they kind of resent like hell that you actually want to keep the country going, believe in the American dream and think we can do something to turn the corner because you know, you're a hick and a rube. They are the enlightened elite who see China as inevitable And they'd at least like to get the spoils of the country in their bank accounts before handing everything over to China. And the only way you stand up to them is you show up and vote. And when you show up and vote and you send people to Congress, even some I don't particularly care for, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, at least what you're doing is you're rubbing salt in the wound of the elite and telling them they and their way is not inevitable and is not perfect and they can be held accountable. It's why voting is so important, even if you think they're going to steal it from you. Show up and vote, because let's just say they steal the election. Let's just say I'm wrong and you're right. They still know how many votes they have to steal, and it's a reminder to them that they're still outnumbered in this country when they see those votes. So you've got to go vote. You've got to go vote. If you don't like what the elite are doing, if you want to fight back against them, You must go vote. 
and they're going to do everything between now and November to convince you voting is futile. What's done is done, and you can't change it, except you can. Along the way, one of the things they're doing is they're screwing up your retirement. If you're interested in using precious metals to take charge of your retirement and, and minimize the ebbs and flows in your retirement portfolio as the markets go up and down. Last week was a very bad week, by the way, for the Dow. You might want to consider precious metals and you might want to talk to my friends at GoldCo. You can call them at 855-904-5933 and get their free wealth protection kit. They will teach you how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call my friends at GoldCo. See how you qualify for their special offer. They've helped thousands of Americans. They want to help you. If you're interested in using gold and silver, physical gold and silver, not not an ETF on gold and silver, but actual real gold and silver, call GoldCo, 855-904-5933, or just text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Real quick, uh, I want to go to Tim. Welcome to the show, Tim. How are you? Hey, hey, very good. Um, I wanted to ask a real quick question, uh, and I'll try to get it right. Um, what What is the possibility of the Department of Justice being removed from its place as a cabinet-level department, along with all those agencies that report into it, including the FBI, and then have it basically rebuilt, recreated, so that it reports directly into the Supreme Court, such that for every major investigation that they've got to do, every major high-profile thing, so for example, you know, the raid on the Trump compound would be one. For every one of those, the Supreme Court would have to have um, – basically a majority of the justices approve that action that the DOJ would take. So, okay, and, um, I, I, I can short circuit you here because I understand your intent is to get out of politics. The problem is you can't. Uh, a, a snowball has a greater chance of surviving hell than moving the Department of Justice out of the executive branch because it is the um, – it's one of the original – entities of the federal government. It was one of the very first cabinet positions created. Uh, we've always had an attorney general uh, and the president has always overseen them. What, what we have to do is depoliticize the bureaucracy of the Department of Justice, which we can do by presidents firing staff. Uh, you can't have the Supreme Court involved, one, because of the structure of our constitution. Our constitutional structure is that it is the executive who enforces the law. Therefore, it is the executive branch that must prosecute. Prosecution is an executive function of government. It's not a judicial function. The judiciary is responsible for hearing the arguments of the executive. Uh, it's not responsible for overseeing. If you put the Supreme Court in charge of the FBI, for example, that then generates a conflict of interest if the FBI screws something up and then it goes back to the Supreme Court. How could you litigate that in front of the people who signed off on what the FBI was doing? It's an executive function. The issue here is reform. Uh, not breaking down and altering the designation under the separation of powers.